Microsoft Surface Pro 8 has the power of a laptop and the versatility of a tablet, all in one. This thin and adaptable device has a touchscreen and a newly designed signature keyboard that can even store your Surface Pen. Surface Pro 8 is Microsoft's most powerful pro yet. Show the world how you stand out with Surface Pro 8. Check it out at surface.com slash surface pro 8. If you're not already listening to the Stack Overflow podcast, you need to check it out. As one of the leading technology podcasts for 13 years running, it's your resource for what's happening in software development today. The Stack Overflow podcast hosts conversations with developers and leaders at top tech companies, focusing on the art and practice of programming. From Rails to React, from Java to Node.js, it'll help you understand how technology is made and where it's headed. Check it out today at stackoverflow.blog slash podcast. Welcome to Meta Talks, where we bring in experts to dive deep into all things metaverse with your hosts, Kate Hancock and Daniel Robbins. Um, I am not going to share my background because I know some of you folks already know me here. Um, I'm excited to bring on Spatial. It's a platform that I love, love, love. Um, about a year ago, um, I was looking into trying to create a metaverse for my kids' business, Preston and Harrison, and uh, testing out a few platforms, stumbled upon Spatial. And I just can't stop raving about how wonderful they are. Um, and I know that um, throughout my journey as a designer with the workflow using that platform, it's super easy, super intuitive. Um, and it just looks so beautiful when I design my spaces, when I put on my Oculus and I jump in, I'm like, oh, oh my God, this is fabulous. So I've been uh, trying to get a lot of my clients and, and enthusiasts to jump onto Spatial and just use, um, you know, and just test out that platform. As a matter of fact, Kate and Dan and I are hosting a Metaverse party on Sunday. Yes, facial um, on a space that I've created called the Elysian. So we're super excited to have you guys. I believe you have to join uh, the Metaverse Collective to be invited by Kate and Dan. Um, but I want to bring Jake and Bree in um, and maybe perhaps share a little bit of their journey because when I first started using their platform, um, and you know, that was probably what eight, eight to nine months ago till now, I'm sure a lot of developments, a lot of things on the product pipeline, I'm going to give it to Jake and Bree to talk about that. Yeah. Awesome. Bree, take it away. Yeah. I mean, also spatial has been around for, for quite some time actually. And we've come, um, you know, we've always been a metaverse and recently we started embracing the NFT space and we have all these phenomenal creators and artists on our platform. Um, but yeah, so we are founded in 2016. We've worked with, you know, huge enterprises like Pfizer and Nestle, um, you know, building out different types of uh, metaverse experiences. But at that time we were really focused on more the AR VR side of, you know, spatial as a platform. So that's, we used to say we're, you know, AR, VR native to, to the space. So that's where we all come in. So Jake and I, both of our backgrounds are, um, you know, working in AR, VR software, um, also hardware myself. And Spatial sits in this really unique position in the industry right now where we are completely focused on NFTs and cre- enabling these amazing experiences. Um, 
And what is so special to us is just seeing how people are embracing creating these spectacular spaces. Um, I could get a lot more nitty gritty about, you know, the whole trajectory of spatial and what made us, how does we have, how does make these decisions? Because um, it's been a long road. We've been, a, you know, a five-year-old company at this point. Um, so it's it's been a journey of, you know, sm small pivots and turns as we have refined the spatial experience. Hey, yeah, Bill, like I have, I, go yeah. ahead, Brie, I have a question and Jake, I mean, do you guys feel like you probably were like, man, all of a sudden this this whole metaverse explosion, but you guys were so ahead of the game. 2016, people probably look at you weird. How does that feel? <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely like really fascinating because we've had a lot of people who have just discovered us in the last few months and they're like, Oh my gosh, this platform is like amazing. It's like so like the, the interface is so clean and so easy to use, all that stuff. Like I think because a lot of people that have been discovering you know now it's called the metaverse there's been vr technologies and ar technologies and, and these virtual worlds for years but now it's kind of coming in under this umbrella term of the metaverse and we've been around for five years but we haven't catered to this creator audience before like we were saying we were initially our first few years of existence our initial hypothesis was and this was pre-covid how can we make it feel like you're in the same room with your coworkers, even if you're you know you know, an ocean away from each other. So we had this real focus on realistic avatars. And that was our, our focus and our hypothesis for a few years, even going into COVID where we saw an explosion of, of use. And then what started to happen about a year ago, which we didn't expect was artists and creators started to come to the platform and put in their, their art uh, into these virtual spaces. Um, there's, we had sculptors come in and bring in 3D models of their work. We had um, you know, painters and artists and digital artists bring in their photos and images, their rendered work into spatial and create kind of pseudo galleries on the platform. And then this started to happen more and more and more to the point where we're like, okay, how, what can we do to start supporting these creators? What are some features we can start to add? So we brought in yeah. some gallery templates to make it easy to lay out um, their art. We added support for MetaMax, MetaMask. So um, those who were minting NFTs a year ago, that was a lot less than people today um, could bring in those NFTs into the platform. And that just like really exploded at the point where we, we saw most of our users were artists and creators and less so were kind of in the enterprise. We still have a good chunk of our usage that is companies and individuals using it for like future of work. Um, but we saw the platform was really solving problems today for these creators to not just get more exposure to their work, but give them a new creative outlet um, for their work. So we're doing things with even photographers and 2D artists, allowing them to have their own virtual worlds on the platform. Or uh, 3D creators who are building 3D spaces and were relegated to maybe uh, only having people experience those on Instagram as 2D images can now have people walk inside those worlds. So we've gone through this like whole kind of trajectory where we were just following the, the data. We were just following what our community was doing and how they were using the platform. So internally, it kind of made sense to us. Uh, externally, you know, people who, who have been part of our community for years were probably like, oh, this is like a weird thing you're doing. Or you're jumping on this metaverse NFT hype train. But it wasn't that. It was this is what was already happening naturally. And we're right. We've always been a metaverse. Support creators in those use cases. So what do you see um, in addition to the NFTs and the creator space? What what do you anticipate is going to happen in the next few months? I don't even say years, just yeah. months. Yeah, I think it's it's been really incredible how quickly things have 
have changed, uh, even, you know, going back again to the beginning of, of COVID. So in, you know, around March 2020 was actually when we first launched on the Oculus Store. So that speaks to just how different Spatial was as a platform at that time. Now we're, you know, entirely on web and VR. We're not really touching AR at, at this point. Um, and I mean, we have seen just such an embracing by these creators and artists. So that's a lot of our roadmap is enabling them more. So we're we're trying to, you know, support more wallet types to um, embrace you know, really that creator momentum. But at the same time, we see people doing all sorts of stuff on Spatial. Like I always think that I've heard every use case that people could possibly think of for Spatial. And then I get on a call and I hear something new. Um, okay, so elaborate on elaborate on the use cases. But... Yeah, so I mean, over time, it's been everything from, you know, of course, education is a huge one. So we've seen um, teachers and professors, uh, even medical schools. Um, we also have a lot of, you know, of course, companies, you know, this is something that that is a huge area. So even though we are focused on, you know, what people can create, we also we see these corporate corporations and companies creating these mm -hmm. amazing experiences and branded experiences. I think mm -hmm. that's a really big trend. I think that like branded metaverse experiences is definitely mm -hmm. something we're going to see more and more of in the next few months. That's right. That's right. And luckily, spatial being so such a blank canvas and also kind of kind of, you know, drag and drop for, you know, lack of a better term um, is really a great place to say, hey, I, I'm not really sure where I can start dipping my toes into this world. And it's, yes. it's so easy. It, um, yes. And there's so much possibility. Yes. And yeah. I want to, I want to add to that, like, uh, you know, as a, as a designer, content creator and all that, and a big advocate for you guys. Um, I, I have to say it is so easy to use. I mean, we've used other platforms and I, I almost, even if when my clients decide to go with other platforms, I will always use your platform first as kind of like this foundation where I can bring in stuff, test it out. You know, of course, it's not a one-to-one -one translation at the end, right, from one platform to another. It's just how they set up their WebGL. But I, I look at yours as like, okay, this is the base, the standard that I should go for or thrive for, right, uh, visually. I just tweak it to match what I have on spatial. Um, so in, in, in other words, it's like you guys, I hope, will become the standard of the, the user experience in terms of how easy it is um, for the workflow to upload files to, you know, to bring in sound effects, you know, and to bring in animated 3D objects, which is one of your features that you launched last year, right? Um, and, and all sorts. And I'm just very excited about that. Uh, I know that I had asked Jacob before, like, can we bring in volumetric <laughs> into a special? I hope that's in the product roadmap at some point. I am sure you guys have a lot of requests. Um, just for the audience, they are on Discord. I don't know, Jake, you want to plug in your Discord community? It's huge. I love it. Every time I can't, if I don't get a response from uh, Jacob, I tend to go in there and I get people helping me out. Yeah, yeah, our community is awesome. Yeah, um, definitely encourage people to join uh, discord.gg slash spatial. It's also in our Twitter bio, at uh, spatialxr. Um, yeah, amazing, amazing uh, 
community that we have there. And it's been awesome to see as we've grown how um, we've had to do less work in there, which is always a good thing because there's more people in the community um, who are kind of becoming ambassadors, other product like yourself, um, who are teaching other people how to use the platform. Um, I just wanted to like kind of reiterate another point that you made, Mel, on um, kind of ease of use and stuff like that. I mean, that's been a core component of, of the spatial platform since day one. Our founders come from uh, one of them was the lead designers at, at Samsung on Samsung TVs uh, on the interfaces there. Uh, and, and our CEO, uh, Anand, was on um, worked at Google where he had one of the foundational aspects of Android. Um, and we really see ourselves as the um, kind of gateway to, to like Web3 and the metaverse for a lot of people who aren't familiar um, with, with those technologies um, from the ease of use um, perspective. Um, so that's kind of very important for us as a, as a platform. Yeah, design is really central to spatial and, you know, we take a lot of pride in our, you know, entire user experience, um, the entire the interface, all of that is is very, very thoughtful and intentional, every tiny little piece. And I think that that really shines in spatial. Um, and to what Jake was saying, you know, our founders are two the two world renowned human computer interaction designers. And so I think that really, you know, really shows through in spatial. That's right. That's right. Um, Ken, uh, Kate, Dan, any questions for these guys? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing news like for brands to not get involved into this immersive experience in XR, they will be behind in the next few years, So, which is exciting for you guys. But can you tell us why brands need to really jump into XR? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I can take this one to start. Um, I mean, it, it's a number of ways. You're starting to see this a lot, um, not just on Spatial, but on other metaverse platforms. And Nike just bought Artifact, which uh, which was really a digital com digital shoeware company. Uh, mm -hmm. And they're building these worlds, um, both in Spatial and other platforms. Um, one is to to create uh, it's kind of brand equity, brand experiences, just like you go to Disney World and you go and you have an experience and then you become really invested in like the Disney, you know, all, all the movies oh, and stuff like you, that. Jake. You can't hear me? No, it's choppy. Yeah, it's choppy. There, I can I can jump in while Jake's yeah, sorting out his microphone. Um, yeah, I, there's there's all sorts of you see a lot of investment from various companies, um, you know, from Disney to Nike getting into this metaverse space. And I think that the why behind it is really because it's a lot of people are looking for a way to have a more personal touch and more of an experience with these brands. Um, a lot of people are going, you see a lot of retail, you know, brick and mortar retail closing. You see that people still want to have that, that kind of high touch experience with with your brand, with your company, um, especially in spatial, we're seeing people want to set up the, everything from stores to, um, you know, events and, you know, especially artists is a perfect example. And I think it will bubble up from there. But the first thing that we noticed, we're like, wow, this is a really great fit for how to see people benefit from spatial almost instantly is the first people that were setting up these galleries who hadn't been having a lot of success, especially in the midst of COVID, you know, really struggling to sell their art. And suddenly they're, you know, sold out on OpenSea or, you know, they're really, really doing a great job of selling their art because they're able to bring people in and walk them around and say, hey, this is the art, giving personal tours um, and talking through it. Now you can imagine how that would extend to any product, any brand. Um, it's that experience of being able to 
do something new. It's it's new. It's fun. It's flashy. It's kind of feels like a, a game. It's really fun. Um, and they're having a, a, what feels for all intents and purposes, like a, especially if they're in VR, a face-to-face interaction. Um, and so I think that it's all of those powers combined, plus the fact that everyone's trying to figure out what this, you know, what this new metaverse trend is going to look like for them and their brand. It's, it's a great way to say like, hey, we're here and this is our first, our first go at it. So that's why I think it's going to be happening soon. But I think the why is much more, um, you know, kind of heartfelt, I suppose. Like the feeling. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Kate, no, I'm, Kate, I'm, I want to. Oh, sorry, Kate. I want to add to what Brie was saying about um, the experience of brands. Like we've we've had experiences with brands where they have existing, you know, physical spaces or physical products, and when they consult and imagine what the brand extension or the brand experience would be in a metaverse, we push them to go. It's not a necessarily a one to one translation of building up. could do anything people don't even have to walk on floors they can float around Mm -hmm. right you can be on water you can be on space so it really pushes the brand to imagine re-imagine what that brand experience would be and alongside they're reimagining what their product that their digital products could be in yes. digital world so it's not necessarily shoes walking on ground it's right shoes it right and it's flying cars I... that's right sorry and... go ahead no we lost you no i i just wanted to add i just wanted to add to what you said and the collaboration part i found to be super fascinating because as you bring in all these concepts of these products these 3d products in a metaverse you have a few people angles and to draw three-dimensionally adding more ideas to the table and that's where i find you know and i know that future of work is is part of this like no matter how like it, it is so phenomenal just to see people who normally would not respond on a zoom meeting in a 2d flat presentation would suddenly jump in take the pen and say this is what i want this is what I'm thinking because this tool enables and it brings out ideas that you would normally never see happening in a 2D Zoom environment, even in real life, because they're a little shy. But somehow in their avatar, they are very vocal. I just want to. Yeah, and yeah. Brie and Jake, and this is this has always been an issue as an e-commerce. I started an e-commerce and. 2012 i own a brick and mortar store that sells skincare kind of like sephora it's so hard to transcend that experience into just a regular flat website right people shop put it in their cart you know companies ship it to the customer's home but with the vr and xr and all this it's way more immersive and you can tell, I mean, you can have an avatar and sell about your product. Like you can really replicate the experience of your brick and mortar store. So just right there, way better yeah. than a kick-ass funnel, right? You yeah. can interact. So I could just imagine the closing rate of for brands to, to immerse into the XR in the e-commerce world. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. Yeah, and I mean, I want to touch on what what Mel started saying in in relation to that is you can 
recreate your brick and mortar store, but also take it a level farther. You know, the amount of, I was always laughing when people were talking about the future of work and they're like, we're going to recreate our entire office space. And I'm like, why on earth would you want to do that? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like talking about like, we're going to 3D model some cubicles, like sounds great. No, that sounds, don't do that. Like you have an entire, like be so you can be imaginative, you can be creative, you can create something really fun and more engaging than you, more so than you actually could ever do in the real world. And that's I think right. that's what's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, this is Caleb. I have a question real quick. So I, I'm in like Facebook Horizons every day for like four hours. So I'm trying to understand spatial a little bit better. Um, when it comes to like the worlds that you guys have, um, it, I saw that you could sell them as NFTs. <clears throat> How do you do that? Mm. Yeah. All right, Mel, can we phrase that, Caleb? Um, we, we are doing live, so pe people <laughs> that watching us live cannot hear you. So, Mel, would you mind rephrasing that for our audience I think, live? I think yeah. Caleb wants to ask about how to integrate the NFT piece um, into spatial. Am I right, Caleb? Yeah. Okay, Jake, you may have to do, take that. <laughs> yeah, can you guys hear me now? Okay, is my mic a little better? Okay, cool. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's, that's really exciting. So that's one of the, uh, some of the things we started to do uh, last year is, um, so we have a bunch of templates on, on Spatial that people can use for free. You can also, you know, what's really exciting about our platform, we're very focused on being very open um, with the types of file types and things you can bring in. Um, I think that makes us very different from other platforms in the sense that you can take uh, any 3D model, drop it into Spatial, and have that be your environment. So you can take Moss Eisley the Cantina from Star Wars. You can take the Disney Castle. You can take whatever you want, and have that um, you know have that be the environment in spatial. Um, but not every we realize not everyone has those skills to make um, those kinds of three D models, or maybe doesn't even know where to find them online to bring them into spatial um, and download them. Um, so we're working. We started to to work and collaborate with some really top tier artists, 3D artists, metaverse architects, which is a whole other career field that's now um, popping up. Um, that's a whole separate conversation um, we'd love to have. Um, and they're designing incredible worlds, and we want um, people to be able to you know, acquire those from from those artists uh, and have them be their own spaces. So you have limited edition versions of these spaces, so only a certain number of people can can own them and use them how they like. Um, uh, decorate them, put up their art, use it as a gallery, use it as a hangout space, whatever it is. Um, so we're, we're working, we did a couple last month. We're going to be doing a few each uh, for the next uh, few months throughout the year um, as well. We have some really incredible artists lined up actually um, the next couple of months. Can't announce it just yet, but it's going to be really, really huge. Um, so we're, we're kind of working um, collaboratively with these artists. Um, with the long-term goal, we want to enable anyone to be able to to mint and sell 3D environments um, as NFTs. And, and just to make the distinction, to distinction, not purchasing land, like virtual land, like other platforms, because um, we don't believe in, in virtual land and, and its location proximity to other places having value. We think the value is in the design of the space itself, that, um, how it looks and how it makes you feel. So working with those and minting those um, as NFTs uh, on Spatial is, is, is something new that we started to do, and it's gonna definitely going to be a huge part of our future. So um, Caleb, well, Caleb, just, just to address, uh, I, I believe, uh, and Jake and Bree, just, just jump on it anytime. You can hook up your Meta wallet um, onto Spatial and then uh, walk us through the journey of how you upload 
um, your NFT? So you can, well, one, I, I mean, you don't, it doesn't have to be an NFT to create a custom environment in Spatial. Any FBX, GLB, any, you know, 3D file format that we support, you can just upload the model, um, actually just drag and drop the model in and set it as your environment. Um, easiest to do from VR, but you can do it from the web as well. Um, if you're going to, you know, have one of the rooms that Spatial is minted, you connect your MetaMask wallet and it'll actually show up as an environment to use. And since you own it, it'll be there available for you and you can click it and use it. If you, you know, sell the environment, it'll, you know, it'll fade away and you won't be able to use it anymore. And how about the art? So if you have a, a minted art on OpenSea, can you walk us through the process? Oh, yes, absolutely. So if you have your, you know, your same with your wallet, you'll see it. there's a little button that says NFTs and you can click, click, click and put them on the walls <laughs> and there they are. It's yeah, so I don't know if that really explained it that well, but it's super yeah. easy. <laughs> so really anything you have in your wallet. So we want to make you know, spatials open to people who are minting NFTs and people who aren't don't own NFTs. Um, so you'll have within the interface, there's one interface, anything you've uploaded, it could just be a JPEG file, a video file, but also a separate section for any digital content that you own, your NFTs that are connected via your MetaMask wallet. So we have that integration with MetaMask where you sign in, you can sign into Spatial with your MetaMask and then all your digital content comes with you. You can click on it and then it appears in the space and you can lay it out how you like in your gallery, in your virtual house, um, whatever space you're using, and then share a link um, to the space with your friends and they can jump in with you uh, on the web in VR or on mobile. Better yeah. said, Jake. <laughs> Sorry. Does that answer Dan, the question? Dan, do you want to do a reset? Danielle, we can hear you. All right, all right. Can you hear me? Yes. Hold on. Sorry. It's so interesting to hear how the different ways that people like different virtual worlds, different spaces are doing things differently and love that you're not mm -hmm. focusing on the virtual world selling aspect. You're really focusing on the creator aspect and the value that they have versus, you know, being next to a celebrity artist and that all of a sudden brings value to you. So can't wait to see what your art's going to be. Um, and so make sure that you also, this is the Metaverse uh, Masterclass. Check out metatalks.com. We'll also post some stuff there. As hey, everyone. Great to see you. I'm excited today to talk through one of my new favorite apps called Melon. Melon allows you to make high-quality professional live streams in under 15 seconds. You can stream independently to any streaming platforms or even invite guests to your show with only one click. You could literally go live in only five clicks, which is something that we've used here for a long time. We used to use a competitor. I don't want to say their name. And I'm so happy that we now switched to Melon. This has been game changer for our business. There's no complicated signups, no downloads needed for your guests, which I can't stand. It's really for anyone who creates video content, whether you stream live, record productions, and upload later. This thing comes with great customization options to help your brand stand out, allows you to earn an income while you stream via donations. Everyone loves that. And it is the fastest growing live streaming product. And right now, it is running an incredible deal on its premium features, which I'm very excited 
to come here to our audience and bring this to you. So check it out with Melon. We have a link here. Go to melonapp.com slash show code. That's melon, M-E-L-O-N-A-P-P.com slash S-H-O-W-C-O-D-E, melonapp.com backslash show code. Get started for free today, and we'll see you all there. The hit a big scratcher from the Virginia Lottery could be a big hit for you. The game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. Virginia Lottery Scratchers, every day wins. Visit a lottery retailer near you. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Well, and we have the Metaverse Collective. We'll post all the links and everything so people can have access to Spatial.io. And if you are a part of the Metaverse Collective, on Sunday, we have a special, only 50 people. I think we only have 12 spots left. Only 50 people total can be in our really amazing, incredibly designed space. So if you join, then you can see us on Sunday for the happy hour. Really excited to this. This space is going to be the most beautiful space I think you've ever seen, by the way. So, uh, oh, it is really out. true. It is really true, Dan, and the people that will be joining us. This party, of course, it's hosted by Spatial. We have VCs. We have um, the past president of Playboy will be joining us. And uh, a lot of movie directors, they're very curious. A lot of badass female entrepreneurs, uh, very curious. Well, of course, that's designed by Mel. I mean, how can you not like the pink and the gold combined partying in the metaverse? Like, just... <laughs> no excuses. There you go. I'm trying to add some audio sound effects to the space today. I'm going to... You guys have to jump in and we can make it really dazzle. <laughs> I'm super excited. Is that possible to have some DJ, Jake, Bree, and oh. you're doing? Yeah, we've seen we've we've seen some events recently, um, and we've seen had a lot a lot, a lot of that happening. Um, people are holding like holding parties and 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 DJs and stuff like that in the space. Um, we have some like uh, we've had a lot of like uh, Grammy awarding producers use the space both for like hosting like like smaller concerts and events, but also there's one uh, this producer Illmind, a really talented producer who has worked with like Beyonce and Kanye. He actually has his pr uh, production studio in Spatial. Uh, in the metaverse, he has this gorgeous house that was custom designed, and he has one room where he has his Grammys um, up on the wall, and another space where he, he invites in other uh, other artists, and they can um, go through the the production process in a separate room. It looks like you know uh, a production room in a real house, but he's kind of created it there, but overlooking an incredible view of the mountains and things like that, dude. So places like it's you know views that you can't have in the real world, or at least most of us can't have in the real world. Yeah, um, yeah. But you can have that, you know, in these spaces. And it really, from a, from an artist's perspective, I think gives him a whole different kind of inspiration and connects him with all different kinds of artists that he maybe wouldn't be able to produce with because they would have to get in the same room. And now they can, just that room is virtual. Yeah. Um, so and it's really, was, really exciting. I want to add, he was one of the first people to actually sell NFTs to as invitations to a spatial room. Um, and I think that that's a really interesting concept and another, you know, talking about trends that we think we're going to see more of spatial is going to be working on making it easier to enable that. Um, so, you know, if you want to get access to Mel's beautiful room, um, you know, needing not just, not just to, to own the room, but just to access one single instance of the room, like Mel's instance that she owns, you know, 
you could do it that way also. So just seeing all these different ways of interacting with members. So yeah, do you I'm see, excited. Do you see this as an opportunity then for people to create the space and then that's the way they make the money? So let's say people want, you know, so these designers could be, like you had mentioned, it creates this new job where people design the spaces and then they sell the spaces. And that's maybe the, their entire business is based on them creating different spaces and selling those spaces. Is that where you see as a big part of uh, a big part of the economy of web 3.0? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I definitely, I definitely see that happening a lot. We're already seeing it today, not yeah. just selling, you know, limited edition copies of the space, but one, um, but actually programming the space and renting it out and treating yes. it like it's like you own your own event venue. Um, one great example of that was uh, an artist and creative producer, uh, Cyril Lancelin and Benny York created this space called The Meeting Place um, that was originally um, up for auction on Super Air last year as a one of one. But then after they put it up, they realized, wait, you know, instead of just selling it, you know, as just like an art piece, basically like a, a, an art piece that has utility. Um, why don't we you know, take it down for auction and rent it out? And that's what they're doing. So now they're working with magazines, with fashion brands and renting it out on a regular basis to use that space to host events, whether that's um, they have a couple upcoming, um, you know, uh, uh, doing fashion shows, um, you know, magazine cover drops and unveilings, um, things like that. And it's giving them more recurring revenue instead of trying to drop and sell it one time. Now they have yeah. this event space that they can use and they and they treat it just like a physical event venue and how you program events and the types of people that you bring into those spaces. Yeah, right. It is, this is very fascinating to me because it's in, instead of the conventional way of essentially licensing a space, right, for a two year time frame, you, we are re-looking into the currency, which is via NFT and Ethereum, whatever currency you take, and then um, making it where it is only 10 available. But in that process, what I'm understanding is you're saying you, you do have to customize the space at the end because I don't expect everyone to have the knowledge on how to you know, create an immersive space that's branded. So I'm thinking the creator like myself will still have some kind of programming efforts to brand the space, the colors that they want and all of that. But, but it is somewhat semi-unique even though the shell it's being replicated 10 times, but it is customizable. I like that. I like that, you know, cause I've been thinking myself, like how do I make this more accessible to, to people who really want to get into metaverse, but have no budget to do this. And I was talking to Kate, maybe it's just getting 10 people, you know, sharing a space, but then we, we customize it for their brands. And this is a, a great way to do it with the, yeah, the NFT, you just log on to space. just, Get to just buy that, right? And then, do you see this as a once you buy that they own it for perpetual, or is this something that is how does that work in the back end, Jake? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the way it's it's starting to work now is, you know, people they buy the NFT, they you own it, and then once you own it, you know, you can program and use the space how you like. And then, if you wanted to sell it to someone else, of course, you can you know sell that space to someone else. But I think that's it's really interesting because you're not just buying the space to say like, Hey, look at this cool space I own and it's a collectible, which it can be. Um, but then you can then use, you spend X ETH, X dollars on it, but then you can then use it as a revenue generator for yourself. So if you're a brand that doesn't have an in-house 3d studio or for whatever reason, maybe you want to you know do a, a collaboration with, um, with a specific artist, you can have a unique space designed by that artist 
and then own it. You know, it's visibly visibly owned on the blockchain, and then you turn that into a revenue generator yourself by hosting it, ticketed events and things like that. I think yeah. that's where this kind of Web three economy is is really, I love really it. fascinating. Right. And I think that the utility that that gives it. So when you own this NFT of this, you know, of this space, and then you can program it or rent it out for other people to use it, um, the value is in the utility. And that's why Spatial is emphasizing the creators and the spaces over, you know, kind of real estate, which we see as largely arbitrary. Um, You know, we believe in an open metaverse. If you buy a Spatial NFT, it would be, you could bring it to other um, you know, other platforms, like central right. platforms, decentralized, right. etc. Because it's because it is a, at at the end of the day a GLTF or a GLB file, so it should be easily translated to other platforms. Definitely, yeah. One exactly. of the things we've seen recently was kind of the reverse. So, Artifact, you know, big brand that was bought by Nike, they launched, um, they had their CloneX project, which has been super popular, and all the CloneX holders got a a pod, like a virtual space. Um, that they can use and decorate themselves. And that space was created by an awesome artist, Harlan Perez, a, a great friend of ours. Um, and that space originally was was launched um, really on, on, on cyber. But what we start to see happen was people um, can take, you know, the on cyber experiences today can be kind of very solo experiences. But people are, since those are uh, GLB files on the blockchain, they can take those files and they're starting to bring them into spatial. spatial. Um, and then have, you know, experiences with their friends. So they can show them, their, their pods with each other, put up their, you know, their NFTs on the wall, hang out. It's just like a virtual hangout space, just like you invite people over into your house, you know, to hang out. Now they can do it in the virtual space. And since we're open and these platforms are starting to become open, they're standard. Oh, we, lost, built, we lost Jake again. Lost no, again? Jake is good. Yes. It's good now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're good? Okay. Um, you know, people are starting to do bring these, these models and, and these environments across platforms. And that's going to extend to the avatar systems as well. That's how we really get to a full connected, like the full vision of the metaverse is when you can bring your full self, your your representation of yourself and the data you own between all these different platforms. And that's what we're working towards and doing that in collaboration with, with many others. Oh. Jake, walk us through, just walk us through uh, as a regular person, know nothing about the metaverse, right? Because majority of our audience, the reality is 99% of people in the world don't know about what we're talking about right now. They're like confused, right? So as a regular person, what they should do, the first step to get involved into spatial and what are expectations, what can they do about it? Explain it in steps in in a 10-year-old level. I think that's really uh, better for all of us. Yeah. So it, it's the metaverse. I mean, you can think of it as like th- the 3D internet, um, really, right? And today on the internet, you're we talked Web2 was very, very focused on social media. We can share images and videos and we can like and comment uh, with people uh, on, the, on that content. With this, uh, with the metaverse, obviously extension to, extends into the third dimension. We can now not just own a website, we can now own an entire virtual space to call our own and decorate our own, whether that's your own personal website that you want to brand your own, or if that's a, an art gallery, if you have an art collection and you want to experience that with other people, um, that's, that's really what it's, what it's all about. And you don't have to, you know, own NFTs or understand NFTs today to take part in that. Um, there's no need to, to understand Ethereum and fully realize that it's even to us, it's, it's complicated um, to get to buy into that and to onboard into into NFTs. And I think that's something that we as a platform are trying to uh, make easier 
um, how to get people into NFTs and the whole concept of like, what, it, what does it mean to own a digital asset? Um, why should I own a digital asset versus uh, a physical asset? Um, and part of the reason is people are spending more time in virtual spaces, obviously because of COVID and, and, all, and all the other reasons. People are spending more time at home on their computers in these virtual spaces, so they're finding more value, right, in the digital their digital representations of themselves. The sneaker, the virtual sneakers they own, the virtual shirt that they wear, mm -hmm. um, yeah. is becoming as valuable as the physical shirts that they wear. Um, so, getting people to, to easier on board into that is something we're focused on. Brief, feel free. Earlier, Jake, you said you can bring your full self, like your including all of the data that you own. I'm like, wow, that's like, that's such a web three attitude of just, yeah, all of these, this data and NFTs and pixels that I own are a part of me and my represent, representation with my avatar, um, which is in some ways kind of spooky, but in other ways, very true to what web three is, is leading us towards. Mm -hmm. My follow up question with that is, we all know how hard it is to onboard people. 99% of people in the world don't know about what we're talking about Web3. What what are you guys are doing as far as educating the masses to get into this? Because that's part of our Metaverse Collective. Our mission is to onboard 1 million entrepreneurs to Web3. Yeah. And that requires a lot of effort, a lot of energy. So I'm kind of curious, what's your strategy for Spatial to onboard yeah. a lot of people? Yeah, it's it's all been about meeting people where they are today and not trying to to drop them into the deep end of of all these technologies, right? So one of the things we, you know, Spatial kind of Brie talked about at the beginning, we are very focused on AR and VR technologies um, and, and Spatial being uh, present on those platforms. And that's what we're really focused on from you know productivity perspective. Um, and then as we had artists come into the platform, we are seeing more need for a more you know, more accessible version of spatial. So we launched on the web. And what we found was, you know, kind of surprising considering we are an ARVR company was that, hey, and it's not really surprising in hindsight, obviously, is that now most of our usage is on the, in the web. And about 20% of our usage is on headsets, VR headsets and things like that. Um, and the way you're going to, the way you're going to get people into the metaverse, into these spaces, isn't by trying to shove the technology down their throat and be like, look how awesome it is. It's here. You're using, everyone uses a web browser. Everyone uses our iPhone. Here, try this experience in a web browser, what you're comfortable with. Um, and then, hey, you want that next level experience? You want this to be like, even like some people, everyone's blown away by the experience on the web browser. And that's in 2D. Do you want that experience to be even more mind blowing? Here, go get this headset. It's $299 at Best Buy. Um, and you can experience it in like full 3D, like full virtual reality. And then people, if they choose, they can go and do that. Um, and that's how you get people into, into the metaverse. I think Web3, there's still going to be a lot more education that needs to be done um, about that. And that's stuff that we're working on. We're going to be rolling out um, a creator program later this year. Um, with the goal of raising up people who are building the metaverse, 3D spaces, creating communities. But a part of that is going to be education as well for those who are maybe coming from selling traditional art. How do how and why should they be um, looking at NFTs as a way for um, generating revenue for themselves and how they can do it in combination um, with the metaverse? So that's some of the things that we're going to be working on as well. So it's, it's really all about meeting people where they are and then starting to bridge a gap from there.
a couple of things I want to add for you guys who are still trying to explore the different platforms. I again, I am a, a big advocate of spatial in 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 two 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 ways. One is um, their web experience is truly beautiful. It is beautiful, and I have used other platforms before where they are really either very very beautiful on the web, um, and then they fall short on the Oculus. But you guys are really good on the web, and when you go into the Oculus, like Jake said, it's like another whole other level. Um, so kudos on that because you are able, as a designer, we just we just don't want to compromise so much on the polygon count and all of the you know ambient occlusion, all of the texture. Somehow you are able to balance that and make the experience. Um, you know, have that continuity. There's no, there's no like letdown when I go from one device to another. So I just want to say, you guys need to check out. And again, you can come to our event on, on, on Sunday, although there's only a few seats left. But uh, there are tons of other spaces on Spatial that you can just log on and just check check them out. It's it's really phenomenal, guys. That's awesome. I'd love to hear it. That's great. Yeah. Well, Jake and Bree, what is the whole vision of Spatial as a company? It's a big question. Um, <laughs> I think that it, it's changed over time. Um, you know, I've been at Spatial for three years, and I feel like I've worked at a different company each of those years. Um, but largely, um, really creating something that is easily accessible, um, you know, an easy operating system, beautiful UI for um, what started as AR, VR, and now is the metaverse, a front, you know, a beautiful front end where people can come in and create these um, bespoke experiences. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, how much faster can we get people to create and how much faster can we get people into spatial, into the metaverse? Um, and, you know, including whether that includes log pairing their headset or just entering the platform with you know, right now, if you if someone sends you a link, like if Mel were to send you the link to her spatial room right now, it would be one click and you would be in there and that's it. And so I think that that is one of our goals. I think that the overall vision of spatial changes as as it needs to. We are constantly adapting and listening to our users. Um, and so right now, our biggest focus is on these creators on enabling Web3 enthusiasts to thrive by supporting additional blockchains or other ways of, um, you know, tying us into Web3. Because, you know, as a platform, we're not on chain, but we're pulling in so many different parts parts of Web3 um, to really enable that and minting, et cetera. So it, it's very fluid. And I think that as a startup, it's necessary, it's necessary to be that fluid. Um, and really take it where the industry is going. Um, and I think that we are constantly adjusting. Like, for instance, we started off um, spatial innovating on the HoloLens one, and we now don't support any AR hardware. So it's like we, we're always changing. Yeah, to kind of distill it just like until like, if I could distill like to one sense, we're, I, what we're always focused on is allowing anyone to create a space in the metaverse in just a few seconds. Mm -hmm. Like that's exactly. right there, yeah. And how many current users does Special have? Like, how many users do you guys have right now? Um, I mean, overall, I think it, we have probably like, what, like 100,000? 
more? I think, yeah, about, about that much, yeah, on a monthly basis. Um, yeah. yeah, so, and, and we're growing exponentially. So what, since we, la up until like December last year, we were still kind of known as a for work product. And then in December, we officially kind of, almost kind of, you can say like went public in the sense that we started marketing more towards the public, towards creators. And mm -hmm. in that time, we've seen, you know, five to 10 X growth. And that's only been a month or two. It's already almost February. Um, just in that last month, since we started catering to creators. So you've seen a huge surge of growth um, just in that time. So we, as we kind of really dive in a lot more on focusing on these creators, we expect that to, to just explode this year, especially with a huge focus um, on the metaverse with brands and individual creators this year. Well, your number one fan is definitely Mel, because that's the reason why I've heard of you guys. And he, she brag about how beautiful is the space. No, we have to go there. So there you go. So just a matter of time, you have more Mel sharing her experience as, a, as an engineer and builder. Now, Jake and Bree, I know it's not cheap to build your own office there. It requires a lot of money and, and you know, it requires talent, right? And so what is that like for a small business entrepreneur when you don't have that a hundred thousand to half a million dollar budget to spend to build your own world or right. office or stadium or well there's a lot of ways that we have tried to make that more accessible for our users so one of those is actually in the selling of NFTs. So we see these amazing creators who can create these spaces and you know it's something where you could sell it for, you know, 40 or 50k if it's depend if it's in a big elaborate room um and if but if you make it a collection and there's more of them suddenly it can be be at a price where, you know, anybody can buy an instance of it and it is affordable. And so that is one way that we are exploring making these spaces more accessible. Additionally, Spatial has a number of default rooms. So depending on what we feel that our users are needing, is it another gallery? Is it a boardroom? Is it a outdoor campfire? These are all spaces that you can just go into Spatial and use today. You don't need to create your own, own room. Um, and then there's other there's other databases with very basic rooms like Sketchfab. And we encourage people to go out and seek these very affordable options, but for something really beautiful and curated, um, I think that's something that we're looking to solve with our creator program as well as through NFT sales. One thing I want to add uh, to the to how to um, have uh, entrepreneurs um, have this framework on approaching metaverse is I've I've. I mean, I've had clients coming in at, from different angles, from the NFT angle, from a product design angle, uh, from creating an avatar, a series of avatar angles. And then, of course, that's the metaverse. And I often tell them it's, it's, you have to look at it as a whole. It can't live on its own, which means if you do have digital goods that you're going to put, you're going to mint and go to NFT, you have to ask yourself at the end of the day, where does this sneaker or, or bag, where does it go? Where does it live? How are you going to promote it? And it always goes back to a kind of a metaverse space. You need to have this beautiful stuff that you've collected live somewhere. It can't just 
be hanging out in your metal wallet and you show up to yourself, right? So you have to have this extension of yes, especially for brands. I'm going to build, you know, a series of a digital clothing line. Okay, then where does it go? How are you going to present it to people? Where are people going to come and see your fashion show? And and so it's it's that it's that higher 50,000 feet level thinking and then and then you have to also think of UX experience is not a 2D experience anymore. It has to be it has to be spatial, right? It has to be three-dimensional. You have to include audio sensory. It has to have visual sensory. And then with spatial, I know that you guys have uh, spatial audio. So that's really wonderful. You can have music, you know, a hundred feet away. You won't, it won't bother you if you have a conference, you know, on the other side of the room. So these are all the things that as a designer, we have to put into consideration, right? When we're designing an experience as a whole, it's not as a piece anymore. All these pieces have to come together as a whole for your brand. So for entrepreneurs, just yes, you're going to have to put investment on the metaverse itself, but you have to put an investment in time thinking about the digital goods that you're going to create, the experience that you're going to create, and also the currency that you will be accepting and and the whole customer experience cycle. Like what the, what the hell does it look like? And like Bree and Jake said, it's great when you don't have to involve a VR headset and it could be a one click to access on the web. web. So again, so again, that's, again all that's all part of the, part of the user whole... experience in creating a, a really good XR or a successful XR program. That's all I want to add. Well, we're joking about it yesterday. A friend of ours acquired this NFT chain and we're joking like, oh, we'll recognize you in the metaverse because that's your chain. Are you going to show up with your chain? We were just joking. <laughs> Dan? Yeah. Yeah, no, I have one of those, so maybe I can wear it. Um, we just wanted to check, Jake and Bree, thank you for this, and Mel, how much more time do you have? Uh, I think we're about to wrap up here. I think we should take some questions from the audience for Jake and, and Bree. Yeah, can you guys stay for another five, ten minutes to, to answer questions? Yeah. I have to jump off, but Bree is more yeah, than capable of answering those questions. Yeah, before Excellent. we hear that, where can they find you? Drop your site or Discord, Bree and Jake. Yeah, so um, definitely they can go start uh, a space on Spatial right now, totally free, uh, uh, spatial.io, uh, and then definitely join our amazing community on Discord at discord.gg slash spatial, and uh, follow us on Twitter at SpatialXR. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and visit metatalks.com. That's talks with a Z. There's big, and then there's Galaxy Big. Get ready to redefine what you can do on a tablet with the new Samsung Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra. Have plenty of room for all your favorite things on a whopping 14.6-inch screen. The largest screen on a Samsung tablet yet. Plus, unlock epic productivity power when you sync Tab S8 Ultra with the rest of your Galaxy, giving you more ways to work, play, and create. Get your Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra now at Samsung.com. If you could multiply something 50 times, what would that something be? Milkshakes? Minutes in the day? How about money? The Virginia Lottery's 50 times the money scratcher gives you 25 chances to win on each ticket. You could win up to $3 million playing 50 times the money. Yeah, multiplying money sounds like fun. No offense to milkshakes. Virginia Lottery Scratchers. Everyday wins. Visit a lottery retailer near you. For odds and more information, visit valottery.com.